So, how about that raid on Area 51? When did that happen? Well, I think it's like September 12th, or, I, or is it the 21st, maybe? I don't know. It will I leave. thought it was a little while ago. Oh, no. Just all the hype is about it. It's in September. Okay. Sometime. So, it's either like, it, as of the airing of this episode, it will either have just happened. They should just keep pushing it out so that the government still has this thing, like, hanging on. I'm like, fuck, they're going to... All right, it's a month later, we bring all the troops back. <laughs> I just wonder how many people are going to go just to see who goes. Yeah. Like, my guess is 50% of the people who end up there are just there to see who's I there. think that's the majority, and everyone... And I don't even know that anyone's going to rush. It, no, I can't imagine anyone actually will. Well, well someone will. The other 50%. There'll be some, some people on some, some pretty heavy medication. Yeah. Or other recreational yes. drugs. It's going to turn into, like, Burning Man, but trespassing. Mm-hmm. Which could be kind of fun. Well, that sound, the, the, the fading out of our music sounds like it's time for us to <clears throat> start mm-hmm. episode 10 of our lovely Video Reformation podcast. Um, we are going to be talking about full funnel video today. Mm-hmm. Before we jump into that, um, I'd like to hear from our new sponsor. Okay. Them up. Um, really excited about this. Yeah. No. I. Okay. I'll just jump right in because I know we've got a lot to talk about with them. Um, not so, not about the episode, but with them. Right. About about the sponsor. Yeah, yes. They are. They are fun. Um, do you find yourself bouncing from one diet fad to the next just to lose that final ten pounds of stubborn belly chub? Then you'll love trying Gooey's Cheese Fast. Gooey's Cheese Fast is a modified Atkins diet based solely on, you guessed it, cheese. And it's not just a giant block of cheddar. No, no, no. Sign up today for a 10-day Cheese Fast subscription at gooeycheeses.com storyboard, and you'll get your first three shipments for free. Each day, you can expect a brand new box of cheese specifically designed to fit your body, your goals, and where you are in the process. So dump your latest and greatest diet fad and dump some cheese down that throat. Visit gooeycheeses.com slash storyboard to get your first three cheeses free when you sign up for a 10-day fast. Uh, They do have a disclaimer here. Uh, Gooey's Cheese Fast is not medically recognized as a safe or effective diet. Um, And I think, just a personal note, I just think science hasn't caught up to where... Right. Gooey's is, um, and you know, there's 16 plus customers uh, have raved about it. Um, Only three deaths. Three deaths. Um, you'll notice uh, the green in my eye. Uh huh. Like not the blue part, but where the whites are. Mm-hmm. Kind of like getting green. It's the toxins coming out. Um, it's one of it's one of the side effects. Do they actually come out, or do they just like move into they visible places? They bubble up places? into your. Yeah, they well, there are some side. Of, so the green eye whites. Um, several unexpected trips to the bathroom, sure. followed by severe constipation. Right, and that's the tricky part. That's yeah. like what I'm experiencing with my insomnia. Uh huh. It's like I'm so tired, but I can't get to sleep. With the cheese diet, it's. I'm so need to poop, you're so, you're, but I, I'm so bound up because of all the cheese. Yeah, it, it's the toxins coming yeah. coming out. 
Um, also, sweaty palms and some minor nervous system glitches. Sure. Um, yeah. Potential cardiac arrest. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, welcome to our sponsor, Gooey's Cheese Fest. Gooey's Cheese Fest. All right. Well, um, today we're going to kind of continue our track of, of walking through the seven phases of uh, practicing effective video for business. Last episode, perhaps due to an overall lack of planning in what our upcoming episodes would be, we covered most of what we were going to cover in the production episode in our pre-production episode when we talked about basically putting a crew together. Because production is largely executing the plan you put together in pre-production, just like steps two through seven of the phases are executing your strategy, which is step one. So in lieu of being able to get into a non-repetitive uh, detailed discussion about production, and we can sit here and wait for 55 minutes or however long that episode was while you listen to the pre-production episode. We're going to talk today about more about types of video um, that you can make throughout the funnel. Um, we've talked before about our favorite uh, strategic concepts. This is more about kind of uh, go-to options as you're kind of creating your own roadmap and, and things that we've seen be successful. We're going to get a little bit into um, some of the misconceptions about some of these concepts, some of the, um, I imagine there'll be some discussion about which of this content fits in marketing content versus sales content uh, versus customer success, because there are blurry lines there, but um, largely talking about um, kind of the most common types of videos today. Yeah, so as we go through this and we talk about the, the different types of video, is it going to be in order? Like, is that like, even if we're just talking about the marketing top of the funnel, are they still in order? They're in a loose some order, I imagine. Probably will arise. Yeah, some debate will arise, some friendly debate. Mm -hmm. um, we've got a bit of a structure here. Um, I think it starts with <clears throat> top of like pre awareness yep. part of the funnel. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of works its way down the funnel, and then there are just always some other ideas. I think we've got some things on our sales list here that, depending on the company, I might put more in a marketing. Um, but I think, generally speaking, they're they're in order. Okay. So then I think we can jump right into that kind of pre-awareness part, um, and this would be the type of content that uh, oftentimes you don't see as necessarily branded. It's certainly lightly branded, if anything. Yeah. Um, but it's that, it's that, for lack of a better term, thought leadership content, or, or if you want to call it expertise mm -hmm. content. It's the, and there's so many ways that you can share that type of content. I mean, we had a couple video series, uh, Video Marketing Unscripted, we had Press Play, that was a way for us to share our expertise and our thoughts and answer people's questions. It was lightly branded, it was you and I, it was talking about what we love to talk or about. More you than me. Well, I mean, we did. We You've did. always been the face of this company. Yes, um, the baby face. The baby face. You've got you've got fur. I do have some fur. It kind of stopped during your cheese fast. It kind of stopped growing for a little bit. Yeah. Well, it all just falls out really quickly. Mm -hmm. That's Again, the, the toxins pushing everything out. Yeah, and apparently, according to cheese, facial hair is are toxic. toxic. <laughs> are toxic. <laughs> um, yes. Also. 
problems with words. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the nervous system. Yes. But I'm on day 16 of my cheese fast, so I'm wow, sure everything you really will be fine. stuck with it. I'm down 28 and a half pounds. Uh, wow. Yeah. Looking good. The, the color, your skin color is not great. No. Yeah. That'll come back. No. And every, well, I, I thought I thought it was just the kind of yellowish orange tint that I have over everything that I see. Uh-huh. But apparently what I see in the mirror, I'm actually a yellowish orange. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What are some other types of thought leadership video? Like, help me get an understanding of what this might look like. So I think it could be, um, it could be uh, like a chalk talk kind of thing, or, or, and I hesitate to say whiteboard video, but like it could actually be somebody standing there with a whiteboard diagramming out some thoughts. Um, not like the whiteboard animation videos that we always. John Costigan does some, he's a, uh, known in the sales world, he's like a speaker, coach. Um, not one of those like new age coaches, but like a really sales consultant kind of mm-hmm. coach. Uh, but he has some fantastic videos. We'll put something in the show notes so you can kind of check him out on LinkedIn. Um, but he has a really, really interesting way of doing that. So, um, um, so I think you know the future is another mm-hmm. um, YouTube channel that has a lot of that type of content. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of theirs uh, are also from presentations that 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 they're giving uh, in certain places. A lot of like workshop like type stuff. Okay. Um, so you'll see kind of a live audience and he, he does a lot of interacting with the audience and he'll mm-hmm. kind of get their scenarios and work through how they can get to, you know, pricing, uh, design thinking or, like, or creative thinking something like that. I like that, that too, or, because you hear the audience, they probably have a lot of the same questions exactly. you're asking yourself. Yeah. Um, but I think presentations in general, if, if you are, we've talked about it with event video before, if you're hosting a user conference or something like that you get to own that thought leadership because you're curating that event and you're you know, programming speakers to speak to your audience that probably extends to your video audience. Um, yeah, talking about the future of AI in your industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I would anything to, to product specific or internal specific, I, I would take out of that. Yeah. But if you've got a- There's a place for that, but If you've got a partner top. or a client who's kind of giving a case study or here's what we see industry trends coming and stuff to watch out for, that's that kind of stuff that you can own. Even a case um, study, yeah? Well, yeah, I think so. Um, if, if it's- um, if it's debate. If it's structured such that there are that people can identify with the the uh, original challenge or problem that was there that that client was facing, um, uh, you know, I, I would I would want to maybe um, coach my presenter to to keep it, you know, not so much solely on our product but more about how they made a series of changes and our solution may have been one of those changes so that you can share that kind of, anything that you can share that can get that light bulb to go off on someone, uh, you know, over someone's head um, who's in your audience. And then what you do is you get to leverage being the curator and provider of that content. So there's a large part of it where you're sharing your own expertise and saying, we know more about this, or here's how we think about this mm-hmm. uh, differently than anyone else. But then there's also, here are the people who we think voices should be amplified. Let's see, what else? Um, just because we're talking, we're actually talking on a podcast, there are such things as video podcasts. Mm-hmm. We bypass that, 
that layer of this. But well, but, but I think we made a good decision about it, right? I mean, yeah. we we thought our our default thinking was because we're a video company, we should have a video podcast. Yeah. But once we got into it, we realized that there wasn't a whole lot that visuals were going to add. So why limit? the ability for someone to just listen the way that people actually consume audio podcasts um, and require that they be able to see something, I think we'd limit our reach. And I think the value in in showing video, especially on this one, is just to show your your figure after the 16 days yeah. and that she's, people would, but we can probably put a photo or something in the show notes. Yeah, I can share a before and after nudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Afternoon? I, I can do it afternoon. Okay. Yeah, it's it's better in the morning. Okay. But I can do it afternoon. Okay. Yep. Afternoon nudes. Uh, right. Back to thought leadership content. Um, what about? Do you feel like webinars fit in here in any way? I don't. Um, I tend to see webinars as that kind of further down in the self education mm-hmm. funnel. Um, I think they certainly serve a purpose in sales. I tend to put webinars in the marketing group, but I wouldn't put them in that kind of top of like pre-funnel, pre-awareness mm-hmm. uh, area. I suppose it depends on the content to some degree. It it does. Um, if it was, I mean, you see a lot of companies partnering for webinars these yeah. days yep. and doing live webinars, so that might be more of an educational kind of, mm-hmm. of thing. I think that I think that's actually a really good point. That's the kicker. If it's the type of webinar that is, you know, how to how to use video in your ABM strategy, mm-hmm. that's brought to you by Vidyard and Terminus. Mm-hmm. That's something that that I would probably watch, whether I was considering Vidyard, as, you know, to buy or Terminus. or Terminus to buy. Yeah, I would probably watch that just to understand how other companies are doing that. Whereas, if it were a webinar on, uh, you know, something more specific within one of those products, like an hour-long webinar on how to, you know, uh, link Microsoft Azure with whatever, mm-hmm. that's that kind of thing that I need to know <clears throat> before I say yes, let's buy this. Right not something that I need to know to like necessarily be better on my job because it's so mm-hmm. specific. So so I think that's a good point. I'd actually break webinars down into two different types. Sure. Um, okay, so I think we've we've got some people into the funnel now, mm-hmm. right? We've, it's a long play, mm-hmm. but we've established our expertise. expertise. <laughs> cheese, I need more cheese. Um, <laughs> Uh, we've established our expertise with our thought leadership content, and now we've actually got people saying, oh, these guys know what they're talking about. Let's see what else is going on here. And so to me, this is where I think the, the kind of the conjoined triangles of success, the, the triumvirate of marketing video content kind of comes in. Uh, it's got a little bit of a Simon Sinek slant, but at the top of your uh, kind of three levels of video here is our why. And this is this is the Simon Sinek why. W-H-Y. Why. Why. Why, thank the, you. The why video. Yeah. Um, and th- this is the why we do what we do. It's it's what motivates us. It's it's that, that mission, that, that thing that people can connect to regardless of what it is or how you do it. Um, and that's not something you can fake. 
we've worked with plenty of clients that that don't have or didn't have a well-defined why um and so you 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 have to be authentic in that type of video Mm -hmm. um and so uh, and we'll talk about company culture videos later you have to be authentic in those kinds of videos too you can't make a why video to figure out what your why is you have to know what your why is and then say how do we want to that needs to come from the ceo and basically yeah everyone needs to echo that yes yeah um and so from an audience standpoint from a journey standpoint they say wow that is that connects to why i do what i do Mm -hmm. or that is i respect that that is a brand that that I am interested in that approach. I am interested in that passion, that mission. What is it they do? Mm-hmm. Right? And so you, you hook them in with that. This is why we do what we do. And then you move them to that. What is it that you do video? Mm-hmm. So if you've got, if you're a SaaS company, maybe you've got four or five products, that one why applies to everything that you do. Yep. But then you may have four or five what videos, each on kind of, it's kind of the features and benefits. Our phones are off because we're all professionals here. Yeah, what was that noise? That was, I don't know, that was a... Oh, the two Bobs have a new podcast out. Well, don't advertise our competition. (laughs) No, they're, uh, nobody nobody listens to them. No, nobody's ever heard of them. Um, Where was I? Um, so, so what is then you could have four or five what videos on the features and benefits of your product. Mm-hmm. And then that then would get someone interested in, oh, well, that's a product that could help me. I could benefit from those benefits. Let me dig in more into how this thing actually gives me those benefits. And so then you may take three or four of the, the key feature sets mm-hmm. of that product and you may do a video for each of those. So that as B2B buyers are doing so much self-education, you know, before they're reaching out to anyone, mm-hmm. they can kind of follow that path, connect to your brand from a, a fundamental philosophical and emotional level, see that what you do is something that could benefit them or not, and then they bounce out and that's fine. And then you want them to move to how they can start to see how it could work for them. Let's talk about the funnel for a second. When does content become a part of sales? Is it who's using it, how it's being used, or the content itself? Because you could say that a marketing qualified lead is where someone says, oh, yes, I am a good candidate for this product and I, and I want to know more. Mm-hmm. Some companies, you know, basically, okay, that's an MQL, pass it over to sales. The SDR will develop that relationship and understand if they are a good fit um, and then pass them to an account executive. I could see some of those feature videos, those how how this thing works videos being a part of the sales process. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? I do. Um, I think, first off, I think every organization has a different definition of what an MQL is. Uh and that largely dictates where the dividing line between marketing and sales is. Um, A lot of companies are really good at producing a lot of content and putting a lot of information out there and putting a lot of lead generation forms out there that make it easy for customers to, I mean, if if you wanted to find an MQL as someone who has 
been interested enough in you to give you their information, which some companies define that. Once we capture any lead information from an individual, they become an MQL. Um, then there are certainly products that I have given my email for to get a white paper that I know that I will never use that product and I almost immediately unsubscribe from the newsletter mm -hmm. that I had to subscribe to. So I wouldn't consider myself an MQL, but a lot of companies do you know, define that as an MQL, for mm -hmm. example. So I think, I think the cop-out answer is it depends on the organization. Um, how, how much work are you trying to save? I think it has a lot to do with your customers too. How much do they need to self-educate before they're willing to say, I'd like to be contacted by someone. And a lot of that has to do with where you are in the marketplace. We've talked about the law of diffusion of innovation before. And if you're kind of an early adopter, you need less social proof, you need less, less proof in general, you're more willing to take risk, you probably need to see less to make a decision. Whereas if, you're, if you've crossed the chasm, then more of your audience probably needs a little bit more information. So you may need to provide them with more before they become an MQL. I guess maybe I didn't state the question right, but um, so that explains. It was a great answer. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, th but that it kind of explains how a company may define whether a person is a sales lead or still in the marketing funnel. But as it, as it pertains to the content, is that sales content or is it marketing content? And how and, and why would, would you answer a particular way? Um, well, I'm gonna ask you your thoughts after I give another <clears throat> answer. But I would then say, if that's the question, and I think that's what you asked. Uh, I chose to answer something else. Well, um, it's related and, and a good point. I think, I think it comes down to the distribution channel then. Who's using it? If it's something that is on your site in an easily findable place, then I would say that's marketing content. If it's something that your sales people and your sales team is going to use in their one-to-one -one communications, then I would say it's sales content. And there's definitely a difference between marketing content and sales content, but sometimes there is content that can be used in both places. Sure. And so you can't you can you can put something in a in a place on your site that's easy for someone to find, but they may be the type of person who is willing to take on more risk, so they reach out to sales earlier before they investigated everything. And so maybe there's something that was publicly available that a salesperson sells, uh, that a salesperson shares with them. Um, but I, I would then just define it by the distribution channel. And is it something that you're making publicly available to the masses, or is it something that your salespeople are sharing in a one-on-one? But that's how I would define it. I'm interested how you would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was gonna lean mostly in that direction of how is it being shared? Is it being shared one-to-one -one or one-to-many? And that's the particular content, like you said, could be the same for marketing content and for sales content, but how it's delivered in the messaging yes. is also gonna, help dictate is this more sales oriented content or is it more marketing content again this could be a a demo kind of video right but you might talk you might have a different voiceover script in a marketing demo and a and a different voiceover script for a sales demo because people would if they're engaging with a salesperson they're probably further further committed and, and want to know some more X's and O's rather than 
how is my life going to change? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we've discussed a lot of times how there's a lot of gray, gray area in all this, but I think we're starting to whittle that down a little bit. Yeah. Every um, client. Well, and, and it speaks to, you know, two key parts of the manifesto, right? Specific and integrated. When you're, whether you're putting a video somewhere on your site for someone to find in their self-education process, or you're a salesperson sharing a video as part of a three video playlist in an email, there is other context that you get to provide in that. So if it's a landing page that your video is on, that your marketing team mm-hmm. is putting together, they're going to put a lead gen form either at the end of the video or in a form below it. They're gonna be able to create the text context. They're gonna be able to consider where it is on the site and the breadcrumbs and, and if somebody, how they got to there. If somebody had watched 80% or 20% might be the difference between an SQL and yes. someone who's not qualified at all. Yes, and then a salesperson gets to take potentially the exact same video, say, really enjoyed our conversation. It seems like the you know feature A, feature B, and feature D uh, would have the most impact for you. Here are some deep dives into, you know, here's three videos that mm-hmm. go into a deeper dive of how those mm-hmm. work. I'd love to talk these through with you next week, uh, you know, at two o'clock on our call or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you get to, right, the integrated part is you get to create that context around that video and how it's delivered. And even if the content were exactly the same, it's gonna have a slightly different impact and you're gonna want them to do something slightly different too, so. So back to, back to our list of, of video types and where they are in the, in the funnel. We, we've done thought leadership stuff. We did why, what, how. Why, what, how. And next stop on our list is? Others. <laughs> um, no, there's a lot. Yeah. The, well, the next stop on our list, is, so I mean, those are kind of the core, right? There's the pre-awareness stuff. There's then the kind of starting to move you through the funnel. And then there's the other types of marketing content. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a little bit about, like, we had an interesting discussion in preparing for this about, like, the types of ways you could do, and maybe documentary as a style, but where are the mm-hmm. opportunities to do, like, kind of brand doc type stuff? Yeah. So the difference between documentary and scripted largely is, I mean, those I see live action as being either documentary or scripted. Yep. Uh, scripted could take many formats, but essentially you've got your lines written out. Uh, documentary is much looser than that where there's more, uh, it's more gathering footage and then at the end, you're kind of whittling that footage down into a nice compact story. Yeah, to me, scripted is you determine your specific message before you shoot. Mm-hmm. Documentary is you determine your specific message after you shoot. But it doesn't mean you go into documentary unprepared. Yeah, you have a general message. You've got your going. bullet points. Mm-hmm. You know you were, yeah. How it's going to be said, when, yeah. it all depends on your I subject. I want to talk to this person about this story. Yep. This, that's the pre-interview type work that you do to, to do those, but then you're actually putting the individual pieces together after the fact, whereas you hand a voiceover actor or a host or whatever, mm-hmm. a script, and you, the words aren't going to change. So there are, there are a variety of docs you can, you can kind of use in this marketing area. Um, one being uh, kind of like a pulling back the curtain and here, you know, it might be a founder's story um, of how, as a kid, they always tinkered 
with, you know, from an engineering standpoint, like taking things apart and building things in new ways and building things that people had never seen before and how that translates into the mission of the company and what they produce. Mm-hmm. Um, others, uh, sort of those like brand affinity, you know, Yeti does a lot of documentaries. I mean, they have pages and pages of documentaries yeah. of, of some guy from Utah who owns a horse ranch and they don't ever really show Yeti or they don't really talk about Yeti. It might show it. He just kind of sh- uses it through his awesome ranchness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shows the lifestyle of a Yeti user, of a Yeti customer. And you start to say, you know what? I like that lifestyle. I think of myself as that kind of person. I'm a Yeti man. I'm a Yeti man. Mm-hmm. I uh, think that, that it's probably worth noting that I think that stuff tends to have a lot more value in B2C brands than in B2B brands. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least you see it used more in B2C than B2B. There's yeah. probably a way to be clever and do it from a B2B, but so much of B2B is consensus selling and that those kind of customer profile personal things are, are it's less. about a personal story. Like, I want to be like that guy. And that's why they do 30 of them mm-hmm. because they know what their 30 primary personas are, right? And they're not just saying, oh, that guy's cool. This guy represents our archetype B, right? And so we're going to do this thing on him and all of our archetype B prospect or you know potential customers out there are going to connect with this guy and they're going to want to be a Yeti man. Mm. And then there's this one that's the, you know, the working mother who's schlepping kids around, but you know, I identify with her. Um, B2B selling is so much more of a consensus thing that it's it's oftentimes harder to make that personal connection. Yeah, I would say the the B2B version of that could be like a case study. Yeah. Doc style case study. Yeah, perhaps. I think I'd do it maybe I, I think I'd start with probably doing it more on on job title and role. Uh-huh. Uh you know, and and say okay, well let's get a let's get a marketing director talking about how this you know, let's follow them, and and this is a really cool marketing director, mm-hmm. and let's make sure that they're using our product as just part of what they do. That could be a way to do it, and so you, I think, I think you get a little bit more leeway to uh, to advertise at that point too in B two B, and so I think you could actually put in more references to them mm-hmm. actually using the product in their yeah. job because you're following them in their job, not necessarily their life. Um, yep. Okay. Right. I like I like the pulling back the curtain stuff too. There's, um, we work with so many SaaS companies and tech companies too, and it's so hard to uh, keep those companies from just being seen as their product. And so those kinds of documentary things are a really good way to personalize and kind of humanize the brand mm-hmm. and take it from you know just the technology, but there are people who had to make this technology. Mm-hmm. And there are people who work with our customers <clears throat> every day who are influencing what the next version of our technology looks like because you know these are the three people in customer success who are always on the phone with mm-hmm. customers yeah. and, and developing these relationships. And those conversations go straight to the developers and you know, if you can show that it's actually people working together, brand docs are a great way to, to kind of you know humanize those techie brands. Um, kind of in this pulling back the curtains, but also in the kind of what we believe. You, you might show 
uh, how your team went out in the whole marketing department, spent a day at Habitat for Humanity building a house. Yep. Um, where, you know, there's culture elements to this that it's not it's not necessarily about recruiting. Of course, you could use that in the recruiting sort of funnel, but, um, but this is about, oh, these are good people. I wanna support a company that gives back to their community. Um, another way to do a sort of brand doc, mm-hmm. uh, doc style piece for your, in, in a marketing capacity. Yep. What about commercials, for lack of a better term? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't, uh, you know, take TV out of your head even. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like uh, like Geico's pre-roll ads. Mm-hmm. Or, um, God, Monday. <laughs> that that uh, project management software that I are just Are we the only ones who 40, get that? I, I can't I, imagine. I'm, I'm hoping someone are. comments and lets me know because yeah. I get Monday. I get Monday pre-roll all the time. Constantly. Yes, good. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe it's just our IP address then. Um, uh, so, so, you know, com- those kind of brand awareness recall. brand recall brand of brand not even brand affinity brand lift kind mm-hmm. of stuff where so there's the common trope in marketing and sales that you need to make and depending on who you ask it's a different number anywhere from like seven to twelve touch points mm-hmm. before a, a prospect recognizes your brand mm-hmm. um, and so it's a way to you know create something that that can reach millions of people multiple times and maybe it takes up three or four of your seven to twelve touch points or something like that but we're talking about like i mean the big brands are the ones who do it best the geico's uh wix is another one that i see Mm -hmm. so often right and they're not they're not um a lot of insurance yeah a lot of insurance um there's it's just Again, there are a lot of, I mean, Monday isn't, but there are a lot of B2C products. And so they just know that they re- need to reach a ton of people and that almost anybody is a At potential yeah, um, prospect for them. But like IBM, they put out a, a, you know, a good amount of commercials mm-hmm. that just talk about uh, the general Watson yeah, you know, yeah, or, like we're or, doing Watson, or we're the future. Common doing a spoken word piece about AI. Yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. hate that we're only coming up with big brand opportunities because I think there's an opportunity for smaller companies to do a lot of that stuff, and then depending on Whoa. you know if if you're doing it on YouTube or if you're doing it on LinkedIn, you know, as as promoted campaigns, there's still value to a lot of that. I think the difference the Geico commercials are accessible. Everybody knows them because everybody sees them. Because but, there are a ton of them and they are everywhere. Uh, For be, but be, and 20 because plus of what years. you said, everybody can buy that. Yeah. Not everybody is going to buy um, a particular technology. Right. Um, so a lot of times those brand recall, brand lift is often, is often implemented in a retargeting strategy. Mm-hmm. So we may not be able to talk to our 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 audience about a part- they may be like what the fuck is monday right um so i just think it's it's less accessible it's always more specific to what you're doing and your timing and what you're searching for mm-hmm. what you visited um but yeah commercials play a role they're a, they're a big part of marketing 
I love the six second ad for that reason. It's quick, Yeah. it's brand, and there's usually like just time for one thought. Yes. And that's the thought you want people and to associate people are, with your company. The people who are making the six second ads are saying, how can we make the most impact with this six seconds? Mm-hmm. You extend it out to 15 seconds and all of a sudden creativity almost dies. Right? It it's like, I have 15 seconds, I can say whatever I want to say. Yeah. But in six seconds, you got to really think about, this is why we talk about all the time, people come to us and say, yes, I'm looking for a short video, which we tend to decode as cheap. But <laughs> shorter is not easier than longer. Mm-hmm. Shorter is oftentimes a whole hell of a lot harder mm-hmm. than longer. Yeah. Um, and so shorter, a lot of the time, can actually be more expensive because you have to put a whole lot more thought into what you're saying because you have less time to say. A good source to learn more about commercials for B2B companies in this sense is Google's Unskippable Labs. They have a a small group of people who are YouTube, it's a YouTube team um, who continually tests and researches and looks at the success of certain ads versus others and how to build campaigns that people don't skip. Mm -hmm. Obviously you can't skip a six second ad, so that's part of it. But how do you get someone to stay there for four minutes to watch something as a right. pre-roll? Yeah. I've done it a couple times. Sure. Mostly as a B2C or even like a direct-to-consumer ad. Those ones are really kind of fun. The two that come to mind, those skippable but long but you watch it, are I guess it's, it's either Squatty Potty or mm-hmm. um, what's the poopery? Poopery. Yeah. And then purple mattresses are the ones that I get a lot. Yeah. And they put a lot of creativity into those almost infomercial yeah. type things. Um, and you went to go watch something else on YouTube and you finding find yourself watching it. I mean, yeah. those, those, it's pretty impressive when yeah. you think about somebody went to go watch something else and then they're, they're spending four minutes watching your product video. Or completely diverted their attention to now they're buying poopery. Yeah, absolutely. They're on their site. Yep, getting samples. And okay, so let's let's demarcate the line right here as between marketing and sales, and okay. let me hand it over to you as our resident sales expert to start talking about some more salesy content. Mm-hmm. We we've kind of dissected product videos, you know, the the what's and the hows, and how they can live in both worlds. So. I'll kind of skip over product videos. I think a lot of it is just, the me- again, the method in which you're sharing it and the messaging. The content could be very similar. The goal is potentially slightly different. Um, but yeah, so product videos. Well, and I, I will say very quickly, ha, um, I will try to say very quickly that, I mean, we've got a client who has over 100 products Mm-hmm. But there, it's because they basically have like six or seven main products, and then each of those products has a sub product. Mm-hmm. So you know, potentially in the marketing part of the funnel, you could do video for that kind of parent product, mm-hmm. and then in the sales process, now you've identified which of those individual sub products is perfect because you've got it demarcated by industry mm-hmm. or job mm-hmm. type or something like yeah. that. So so a, di- a deeper dive yep. on that product. And yeah. I would say the same thing with demos. You could go from yep. the how, which is like, here are some of our key features, to like, here's how you do this in our platform, mm-hmm. which 
to me is more of a sales thing than just how this feature works in yeah. general. Um, in also in the sales um, there's the eighty percent video. Uh, what that is is it's a video that's eighty percent done. Yeah. Okay. If you've got as a salesperson, you get asked probably there's probably ten questions that you get asked on every call. If you could boil down all those questions to the most commonly asked questions and put that in a very uh, succinct, you know, maybe one minute video that kind of answers some of those. Or, you know, if you're using something like Vidyard or Wistia where you can put uh, little calls to action in the video, you can say, you know, for this, this is how we handle it. But if you want for more, some more information and you put a little button in the player, it lets someone kind of go edu educate themselves more. Yeah. Um, but you're trying to overcome some of those like basic hurdles. It's it's one of those repeatable things that you should be able to scale as a salesperson and not mm -hmm. have to do manually every single time. Yeah. But well, and, and that's why, I mean, the way that we uncover those is when we're doing our stakeholder conversations and springboards is we ask the salespeople, what do you wish your prospects knew before they got to you? Mm -hmm. Because whatever those answers are, and some of them, and you'll hear probably one or two that every single salesperson you mm -hmm. talk to says, um, but uh, that list will give you your list. You know, to, don't just talk to one salesperson, talk to five or six different salespeople, 50, whatever you've got access to. And you'll see that there are very specific questions that, that have very consistent answers, mm -hmm. regardless of, of the use case, right. that you know you get to you don't have to do a whole lot of thinking you just ask your salespeople what do you wish people knew before they mm -hmm. were talking to you compile that list make a video that answers those questions you're done yeah um testimonial videos these can these can often be used in marketing and yeah. i have no problem with that yeah it's the reason i like them in the sales bucket is for for the purpose of like reassuring someone's intent if they're interested if they've gone through you know the steps of the sale with you and they're kind of at that decision point it'd be nice for you to be able to send them something that is you know here's a, a client that we worked with had the same problem as you they're even in the same industry see see what you know how it worked for them and and let's talk about it you know can you see yourself in that in those shoes mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I like it from a, yeah, I really like this, but I'm just not sure to it. All right. There's social proof. Here are six companies that are like me who have done this. And that's enough for me to make this, to say yes. Yeah. And, and I think, I think you're, you're spot on with where this is in the funnel, but testimonials are so often that video that companies think to go to first. And I get that they have value. My cynical mind tends to think, and experience, tends to, to, to kind of think that testimonials are where people go first for video because it's easier to have someone else tell you mm -hmm. about your product or your service than for you to figure out how to describe it yourself. And there's a lot of value in hearing it from somebody else. There is, there is. But, but it's, you know, to, to your point, it is the, risk aver the risk mitigating type mm -hmm. content mm -hmm. it's that 
I, I see that this brand is, is a brand I identify with. I see that this product is something that can help me. I see how it works and I know that we could implement it. I just need to know, right? And so, so the testimonial comes in right there to kind of take that last little bit of risk out because buying is all about mitigating risk. Yep. And so it belongs lower in the funnel, not that first thing that you do. So testimonials have value, but only when they're there as like level four risk mitigating content, as opposed to that things that people want to do first, because it's so much easier to say, what do you think about us than to say, what do we think we want to share mm -hmm. with people about us? Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference also between testimonials and case studies. And you can, I mean, the shoot could probably look very similar, but a testimonial is here's how I use this Customer and here's led. how it benefited me. A case study is here's the challenge or here's the problem that, that we faced with a client or that a client faced. Here's the solution that we provided them and here are the results that it got. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes people tend to think a testimonial will do that, but then they don't structure the questions in a way mm -hmm. that get to challenge, solution, results, yep. a case study has that structure. And so you can, you could get a testimonial from someone, do that line of interview questions, and then change direction with the exact same person, structure it, and you could have a testimonial video and a case study video from yeah. the same client. Yep, okay. Um, talk to me a little bit about one-to-one -one video in sales. Again? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, we've, we've brought it up several times on the podcast, that's why I said that. Let's imagine that someone is listening to this episode. Why would they first. not? Okay. Um, Welcome to the cast. Uh, so one, one to one video. I suppose there's, that's more of a methodology, but essentially, there's two ways you can kind of use this. One is creating a very personalized, customized video that you intend for one person or one client to see. Mm -hmm. um, so that may be a recap of your conversation. It may be walking through a contract that you just sent them. It may be a, hey, I'm Justin and you know, you've been talking to Ben, our SDR. I'll be taking things from here um, as your account executive. And so those sort of like handoff mm -hmm. videos, um, but they're very customized for one specific person. Um, you can also use those same, some of those platforms that, that help you create those custom videos. You can use those to also attach other produced content. Right. Whether that is something that you've produced just there with your webcam, like an 80% video, or it could be um, some marketing content that you thought would apply to this conversation mm -hmm. or, or help answer some of their questions. Or like we already talked about, the you really seem to, you know, light up when I was walking you through feature A, B, and D. Mm -hmm. Here are some deep, de deeper dive videos mm -hmm. for you to, you know, take a look at. Yep. And most of the platforms that that give you the ability to send one to one video also give you some really interesting statistics. And from a sales perspective, that's that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. To be, I mean, the more information you can you can get about a prospect's behaviors. And you get more information from video than you do from any other, uh, any other media that you might create. Blog, white paper, um, podcast, 
YouTube channels, whatever. Yep. All right. Okay. Um, anything else on sales? I'm sure there are, but those are the big ones. Yeah. So let's let's now say that someone has been sold. Okay. Someone has bought. So that kind of moves us to you know the customer success mm-hmm. section of the funnel. I mean, if I, I think I mean so much of it is going to flywheel now, but like even just the the two part funnel. So many people just see the top part of the funnel, and and once somebody buys, they're like, we did it. Yeah. Let's go get someone else. But then it kind of inverts and then there's a bottom part of the funnel where somebody becomes a customer, then they become loyal to you and then they become an advocate for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I mean, customer success, whatever you call that department, the post-sale department, um, they're also a revenue you know, center yeah. for the company. A lot of times CROs are on top of marketing sales and customer success yeah. because uh, in the B2B world, and let's face it, a lot of B2B is um, tech, uh, software. Mm-hmm. That's a monthly recurring revenue or annual revenue, and you've got to sell them again every year, and you want to make sure that they're using the platform the right way or at least getting out, of, getting enough out of it that it makes sense for them to keep buying or, hell, upgrade. Yeah, and you may have a subscription model where it just automatically bills them every month, but the, a, any customer can usually go into that and say, "Nope, cancel my subscription." And so you got to keep them happy. And so there, you know, that churn is definitely a part of it, um, minimizing churn. But that upsell is such a, a key part of it too, right? Um, I, I see that that you've been using this. You know, if you could, if you upgraded to to this, you would have, you know. 50 extra whatever it is we use included mm-hmm. per month or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so so what's a good way? So let's let's kind of take it chronologically. Okay. We've just sold a, um, a customer. You've, the salesperson just sent me a Go video introducing my onboarding specialist. Mm-hmm. Where might some video fit in now in this process? There's certainly live video. I don't think that we often address that, but you True. know, Zoom, or anything else that facilitates that sort of live video, screen sharing, that kind of thing is, is, is a nice tool to use here. You said Zoom and I immediately went to make sure my webcam was covered up. <laughs> okay. Um, but the onboarding, so there, there might be a couple quick things that a client can do before they have their, um, their first customer success uh, interaction. Um, so if it's simply like setting up the software on their machine or any, so many solutions are kind of self-service, right? You Mm -hmm. sign up for, I mean, you know, you may have never some of the advanced enterprise level systems. There's an actual onboarding specialist that walks you through migrating your data and all that kind of stuff. But there's so many apps out there where you just decide to buy it. You know, like Frame.io, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we never had an onboarding person walk us through that. They mm-hmm. just had a series of videos that walked us through step-by-step step <clears throat> how to use the platform. Yep. And then when they do updates, they'll send out a video showing the new updates and how you do this new stuff now. Um, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of WalkMe. There yep. are other apps that are, are like that, or not apps, but... Plugins? Plugins, solutions that will help a new user get acclimated mm-hmm. and they're starting to implement video within there so whether it's on your phone tablet pc whatever um those little like hints of like hey 
here's how, where you'll enter client names and here's where you'll set up calendar reminders. Um, if people have questions on actually how to do that, that's where you can say like in a learn more thing, a video might pop up. Yep. So. Well, and because with video you get to show and tell. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you were just popping up a little text balloon somewhere, you're basically just telling someone, right. here's where you'll do it. Whereas with a video, they can actually see the interface. Mm -hmm. Which is so important. To which is so important too, but you also got to be careful if you're in, if you're working for a SaaS company that has a lot of updates, there's almost nothing more frustrating than watching a tutorial video or, or a help video based on the last version of the interface yeah and so things have changed and then you're 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 like okay fine i'll watch this 43 minute long video on how to do this because i need to know how to do this and, and they're using two versions ago yeah so that's just something you got to stay on top of um and then i think for for everyone else there's all of that opportunity to do video and like faq and knowledge base type stuff right just having that that reservoir of help yeah. Um, rather than it just being articles, again, video, show and tell. Yeah, and, and it's kind of a similar process to asking the salespeople, what do you wish, if you don't have an FAQ. If you do have an FAQ, just use all of the answers as scripts for videos, mm -hmm. right? And then just take advantage of the showing part that you don't have if you're just you know using text. You, um, you have to imagine, sorry. But, but like with the salespeople, what do you wish people knew before they got to you? Mm -hmm and creating that 80% video, creating an FAQ is pretty simple. You ask your customer support people, what questions are we getting the most? Mm -hmm. And you create your list yeah. and you create, and it doesn't have to be hugely creative and compelling at this point. They've already bought, they need to know how to use it. So as long as you can make it clear to them how to use it and give them some sense of like, oh, this is a platform that I really like, then you're addressing a lot of the issues you have as a customer success department. Yeah. Uh, you have to imagine if if someone is your client, they're in your CRM. If you have a video hosting solution that interacts and integrates with your CRM, you will know who is watching which videos. As a client or a customer success manager or account manager, if you see someone looking through the knowledge base and watching videos mm. that, that are of features that they don't have, that's an opportunity to upsell yep. and grow those accounts and, and hit those revenue goals that I know your your department is responsible for. That's a really good point. Anything else for customer success or should we move on to everything else? There's there's a, yeah, there's a big pile of video still big, to, big to, pile to discuss. Big pile of other that doesn't fit into marketing sales or customer success? Yeah, and again, you know, we focus on those revenue teams but there's, there's good reason for other videos. So let's just quickly touch on some of those. Yeah. Um, I think in the HR family, there's certainly recruiting and, and culture videos. Mm -hmm. uh, we mentioned the company culture video when we were talking about the why. Um, don't, just because this happened to us before, and if it hadn't happened, I don't think I could make it up, but don't go to your video producer and say, I want you to make us a company culture video and then answer their inevitable first question, which will be, what is your company culture? Don't answer that with, well, we hoped making this video would help us figure that out. 
Um, this is something that has to be authentic. Don't show a ping pong table also. That's just another thing not to do in a company culture video. Um, you have to be authentic to your culture. And you know, arguably, your company culture is pervading and permeating all of your content. Um, but this is the one where you actually get to be specific because you're trying to attract new hires. Um, recruiting video, I think, is kind of a big bucket. Um, mm -hmm. Recruiting video can be everything from, you know, employees talking about why it's so great to work there <clears throat> to videos that go into the benefits that you offer that no one else does to if you're, you know, if you've got some core positions that you're always hiring for, making videos about those specific positions. Those roles, yeah. Um, and, and those roles. So there's a lot of opportunities for video in HR. We used to focus a little bit on HR. And that always ended up so low on the priority yeah. list that we never actually made any. Yeah. And just seemed like it wasn't worth our time to keep right. making those. And it's not that we can't. <clears throat> But, and there's a huge opportunity for it. Right. Because, you know, depending on your market, there's probably a lot of competition oh, yeah. for good talent. So you've got to separate yourself, you know, just like you would to your prospects, you've got to separate yourself from anywhere else mm -hmm. that, any, that your talented people could potentially go work. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's another angle too, is, you know, what's some internal comms type opportunities to mm -hmm. use videos to keep your current team engaged? Yeah. Right? I mean, Share that, make them feel like they're part of a team because again, if they're really talented people, they're probably getting offers and you know have opportunities elsewhere. Keep them happy once you got them. I mean, most most companies that we work with have TVs floating around the office, not floating, but they're all over the place. And the technology hasn't been perfected yet. These companies that we're working with are also rapidly getting funded. So they're, they're going from 30 employees to 130. Yeah. And having little, Little bios about people up on the screen could be a nice way to just mm -hmm. get more familiar with the hundred new people at your office. Yep. Or, or highlighting the performance metric that's that a t particular team hit. You mm -hmm. know, all that recognition is also really important, more so than money sometimes for some employees. Externally, I think there's that that humanizing. Mm -hmm. If if you're that you know post funding startup that's growing fast and and you're built on a technology why not you know have a little video showing you know each of your employees as a person have it be part of their first day of it's onboarding. their fun fact and their yeah it doesn't have to yeah. be any it, you know it's not their linkedin page their linkedin page exists to show their resume but you know what's your favorite ice cream what's mm -hmm. your you know favorite fun fact what's it's like the, your first day at camp everyone goes through this <laughs> yeah 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 um, <clears throat> the dreaded icebreaker yeah um okay there's event videos, right? There's all sorts of event videos. What? Sure. You know, something that we do quite frequently. Yeah, there's and there's events that you're hosting, mm -hmm. and then there's events that you're attending. Sure. So if you're, you know, if you're exhibiting, if you have a booth at a trade show, for example, you want to create video that is going to capture the attention of the people who are walking by not really paying attention mm -hmm. from booth to booth. So you've got to get their attention visually because it's also so loud in those places that you can't really get their attention from an audio standpoint. Yeah. So if you're making video for your trade show booth, make it visually compelling, make it entertaining, make it different, make it get their attention, but then rely on text and graphics and images because mm -hmm. you don't have that opportunity to necessarily put a VO in something because nobody's going to be able to hear it there anyway. 
Um, if you're hosting an event, and of course we've got an entire podcast on how to do event video in this scenario, but basically it breaks down into the three, bu- the, the three buckets of you know, getting butts in the seats, keeping butts in the seats once they're there, and then leveraging the butts that are there, which is basically promote the event, make the event better with video to battle the whole attrition thing, and then leverage who's there, your best clients, your best salespeople, your best partners, and how do we get them on camera while they're here instead mm-hmm. of having to travel all over the country or world <clears throat> to capture these people, you know, interview a dozen people in a day to get some good customer stories instead of having to go, you know, a trip around the world every month mm-hmm. uh, to capture the same 12 people. Yeah. They may not be they may not be as compelling as going and doing a mini doc on that client sure. at their office, but you knock out 14 in a day. You got a year's worth of content. one a month. Yeah. And, and thousands and thousands of dollars more. Expensive. Yeah. Okay. So let's just put a bow on that. Yeah. That's a lot of different types of video and where to use them throughout the funnel. Um, how would I transition into the next part? <laughs> That's my transition to you. I would pose a question to me asking how to do it. And then I would let me answer with, but what about... <laughs> I was... Okay, I'm back. That's the inception of transitions right there. But Justin, what about all the videos that I think of that you didn't mention? Like, mm. like you didn't mention an about us video, for mm-hmm. example. Or and like our CEO asked me to do an about us video. Yeah, or social video. A viral video. Viral video, or let's do a whiteboard video. Let's just kill me now. Let's do an event <laughs> recap video. Yummy. Uh, a Kickstarter video. I don't hear a whole lot of those anymore. No, but, but I imagine they're still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I imagine. Um, I don't let them get very far when they <laughs> come in the door. Right. Yeah. Um, not to say we're closed off to that yeah. opportunity, but. So I, I don't want to invalidate any of those other than whiteboard and event recap. Um, and, and I actually had an interesting discussion over bourbons um, a couple nights ago with one of our regular listeners about the value of event recap videos. Which he's open to doing more often. Uh, yes. Um, and I, I get, I get why some people need to do event recap videos. It just, just don't lead with it. And I think that's where this list kind of is. Uh, we talked about not leading with testimonials because people kind of want to lead with testimonials because it's easier to let your customers tell you how to message yourself than to figure it out for yourself. It's not that testimonials don't have value. It's just that you don't want to lead with it. It's not that a viral video wouldn't be great, but you can't set out to create a viral video. Yeah. Viral is a function uh, of something that just happens after something is created. You right. can't set out to. Viral is a, is a behavior description on the consumption of a video, not your intent in making it. Yeah. Um, social video is a channel. Right. Right. And so any of the videos that we've discussed, the, you know, a six second commercial could be great to use on social channels, promoted posts, you know, organic posts, whatever you want to do. Um, whiteboard videos, again, just avoid that one. 
So it's it's really more it's really more about um, about hopefully we've provided a list where that, that's not a comprehensive list, but it's if through no fault of your own you're thinking an about us video. Would it be more Break beneficial to have that that brand why video? Is it that you really want a company culture video, right? Go back to the manifesto. What's your purpose, mm -hmm. right? Is it we want an about us video so that we can keep hiring? Well then, great. Let's do a recruiting video or let's do a company culture video. Yeah. If it's we have a really compelling founding story, and we feel like our brand is too focused on our technology and not the people behind it. Great. Let's do a founder story. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think it's more that 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 we're the marketing whisperers, right? And so it's okay to 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 say we need an about us video. You just need to take it that next step or two further to to really figure out what it's going to accomplish for you. Right. You can call a company culture video. You can call a brand why video an about us video. You can call a founding right. doc story right. doc about a, an about us. us video. But what really is the purpose it's trying to serve? And so the, that that's kind of that list of that bucket of of I don't want to alienate anyone, but intellectually lazy, you know, video ideas kind of explainer videos. I would add to that too. Is an explainer video? Do you mean? the video that introduces your product for the first time or your because, brand or your brand or is it here's a specific feature because right. that we've addressed in the why what how sequence mm -hmm. so you know think about you know don't just accept the terminology that everybody throws around because it does have a lot of different meanings for different people right and, and it really you just need to get to what your purpose is to then kind of pull from the more specific list and say Here's the content we really need to make. Mm -hmm. And so even if you as a marketer need to make, need to hire a producer to make a company culture video, but your CEO asks for an about us video, you can keep calling it the about us video to your CEO. Sure. Just talk about it as the company culture video to your video producer. Yeah. Great. That's how I would transition into that section. All right, so let me, let me give it a try. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, you know, you tried. I tried. I guess we'll just have to skip that part. Try the cheese fast mm -hmm. for 10 days. Yeah. And your mental acuity will... Sharpen? Sh like a sharp, nice sharp cheddar? cheddar. <laughs> On that note, I think it's time to hear from dun, our sponsor. Dun, 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 dun. Do you find yourself bouncing from one diet fad to the next just to lose that final 10 pounds of stubborn belly chub? Yes, I do then you'll love trying Gooey's Cheese Fast. Excellent. Gooey's Cheese Fast is a modified Atkins diet based solely on, you guessed it, cheese. cheese. And it's not just a giant block of cheddar, no, no, no. Sign up today for a 10-day Cheese Fast subscription at gooeycheeses.com storyboard and you'll get your first three shipments free. Each day you can expect a brand new box of cheese specifically designed to your body, your goals, and where you are in the process. Something I didn't mention earlier, they they do start with kind of, as you know, more for our listeners, they start with that harder like Parmesan Romano. Right. Real kind of crunchy stuff. Kind of pushes out the, the big, you know. Toxins. Big toxins. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you graduate to like a cheddar and a Swiss. And, sure. 
you know, mild softness. Eventually, a Havarti. Getting to, mm-hmm, yeah. Gouda. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, getting to your kind of goopy cheese, like mm-hmm. a brie. Um, or like a, like a like a a laughing cow kind of spreadable cheese. Yes. Can, yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, some even come in a pouch where you can just drink it. Mm. Um, you know, there's a synergy opportunity here with Baby Bird. I think so. Yeah, we should. Uh, we'll set up a meeting. And then, of course, your last day to, uh, depending on how long you're going, your last oh, day to. Oh, 10 you're not days. going. <laughs> That's the thing about this fast is you're not going. Well, when it gets to the cottage cheese, mm. it, that clears everything out. Mm-hmm. All those all built up All the big toxins, the, big toxins, the mm-hmm. little toxins. All the cheese. Toxins. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, again, there's a disclaimer. I'm not going to read it again. No, just give just, them the link. You know, go, <laughs> go to the link, click on the microphone, and type in storyboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the link again? Uh, gooeycheeses.com Do we have to buy that now? Uh, it is available. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right. Well, we are thrilled to have you as a sponsor. Mm-hmm. Um, please join us on our next episode where we'll be talking about post-production. Mm-hmm. That uh, that requires some planning. We'll figure but that. That could be an interesting episode. No promises, but could be an interesting episode. Um, you know, don't forget to Subscribe, rate, review, etc., etc. With uh, enthusiasm. Yeah. I think our ratings have kind of leveled out. I'd love to get some new ratings. Huh. I mean, hopefully they're five-star ratings. Anybody who's made it to here is probably willing to give it a five-star rating. I don't think so. I know I've given us at least two of our five-star ratings. Okay. Three. Two five-star ratings. Yeah. Of our Two of five. Two of five, yes. Star ratings. Yes. Oh, crap. I gave us five two-star ratings. That explains a lot. All right. Uh, well, we have a lot of things to do, so let's just sit here for a couple more minutes. Yeah. I think the, um, the green is kind of coming through in your right eye. Yeah? Because I can't see out of it, so maybe that's why. But I feel healthy as a horse. I've seen horses that feel this healthy. There you go.